I'm Christina May, the online pastor at World Harvest Church in Enid, Oklahoma. You're about to hear a spirit-filled message from our pastor. So grab your Bible, and if you're a coffee lover like me, grab a cup of coffee and get ready for a personal word that God has for you today. I am in the second teaching here of a series we started out a couple of weeks ago called Thanks Living. We took a little break last weekend with John Cofta. Did you guys enjoy John Cofta last week? Wasn't that absolutely phenomenal? A couple of weeks ago, we launched into this series called Thanks Living, and it's really the idea that though we are in November, though Thanksgiving is this week, anybody ready for Thanksgiving? Come on, anybody ready for some homemade apple pie? Come on, anybody feel the Holy Ghost going right now, amen? Come on, some homemade food. We're going out to Guymon to spend a couple days out there with my parents and my mama. She loves to cook. So my wife learned how to cook from my mother, and it's very obvious here today. So <laughs> tell everybody we believe in the full gospel in my house, if you know what I mean. Amen. But, uh, I, you know, I, I love the month of November. Um, you know, and it's kind of grown on me. Because the reason why I like it is because... I don't have those cringe moments when I click on my social media icons. You know, if anybody else knows what I'm talking about, you know, pre-November, I'm always nervous. I'm like, who's, who's going to say something stupid? Who, you know, who, what church member do I have to make an excuse for today, you know, because they're spewing stuff they shouldn't be spewing. But, you know, one thing I love about November is because so many of y'all, you're posting things that you're thankful for. And I love that because to me, giving thanks gives glory to God. And how many of y'all know we're very spooled people and we got a whole lot to be thankful for? Amen. And so I love those moments. And so I'm going to dive into something here today. And I just, what I'm getting ready to share with you here for these next few moments is something the Lord has stirred in my heart a week and a half ago that I have not been able to get away from. In fact, uh, those of you that know me personally, um, I got the opportunity to go to North Dakota here about a week and a half ago to go on a pheasant hunt. And I'm up there and the rancher that we're hunting on, he asked me to come speak to his Bible study that night. And as soon as he asked me, the Lord laid this message on my heart for that group. And as my way home from North Dakota, I was like, the Lord kept stirring me. You, we, this is something for all of us right now for this season that we're in. And, and so coming from North Dakota to Enid, Oklahoma, we're going to hear what the word of the Lord has to say today. So look with me. Let's start out in James chapter 4. James chapter 4. And this scripture just to me right now is something the Lord is really stirring in me. James chapter four, verse eight. I'm gonna read it out of the Passion Translation, okay? I know for some of y'all, unless you've got a digital version, you know, you may not be able to have access to the Passion, but if you don't, look at the screen. The Passion says this, verse eight. Verse eight, move your heart closer and closer to God. Immediately, I think of that. Move your heart, what? Closer and closer. Here's a question for you. Do you and I possess the ability to grow in a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ? I believe according to the scripture, I think we do. Move your heart closer and closer to God. And then what will happen? Come on, read this next part with me. And he will come even closer to you. Wow. What a great simple concept that as we can look at this passage of scripture, the first thing that I want us all to notice is that, that there is a responsibility that you and I have. Amen. 
I don't know where your relationship is with the Lord right now, but as we look at this passage of scripture, we can see that God will come closer to us. And is there anybody here at World Harvest Church today that you might say this, you know what? I need God more than ever before. Is anybody else with me today? You know, as I look out across the audience here today and I just, you know, some of y'all, I know some of the, the situations that you are faced with. I know some of the challenges that you're in. And bottom line for all of us, we are in interesting times, are we not? Um, you know, I tend to be, I think, overly optimistic at times, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but I, I can't tell you how many times in the last even six months that I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm so glad that COVID is behind us. You know, I keep finding myself, I'm glad it's behind us, but then I always get this kind of slap in the face that we're still dealing with a lot of the mess of it, right? And I don't know if... if we may not still be getting ready to enter into some very crazy, challenging times over the next few months. I, I don't know. I hope not. But there's something that I, I, I want us to all to realize that no matter what we go through, if we will just stay close to God, we're going to be okay. If we will stay connected to God, God is going to take us through anything that we'll ever face. Anybody know what I'm talking about today? Because we all know that life can get crazy. The unexpected happens. Life doesn't always turn out the way we think it should or want it to or dream that it would. But if we just keep God the center of our life, we're going to make it. Amen? Look at your neighbor right now and tell him, you're going to make it. Come on, tell somebody that. Say, you're going to make it. But before I leave that scripture in James chapter 4, notice that God's response is dependent upon our action. God's response to us is dependent upon our ability to draw closer to God. Notice God didn't say there, the scripture didn't say, I'm going to come closer to you and then you come closer to me. No, he said, you come closer to me and then I'm going to meet you there. I'll come closer to you. So we could really sum up that passage of scripture in saying this for God to really. Now, let me just identify this real quickly. There, there's the difference between the omnipresence of God. The omnipresence of God is God is everywhere, Right? We got the promise of scripture that God says he never leaves us and he never forsakes us. I am so glad for the omnipresence of God. But, but there's times in our life I think we need the manifest presence of God where we can feel his closeness. You know, I referred to my trip to North Dakota. You know, I spent, you know, four days from Enid, Oklahoma. You know, I still was in a relationship with my wife, but you know what? I, when I was gone, I couldn't touch her. I could only talk to her. And there's nothing like coming back home and be able to touch her, to hug her, to kiss her there. I enjoy her physical presence there. The same way with God, God's always with us. The question is, are you spending time with him in a relationship, not in a distance relationship, but in a close relationship? And the writer again says here, if you move closer to God, God will move closer to you. Amen. Again, let me say it again. God's response depends upon our action. What does your action look like? What does it look like? Amen. And I believe that our ability to spend time with God is a key to our life. It's a key to our success. Our ability to separate, to carve out moments in our days, to spend time with the creator of the universe, with Jesus, who, who his presence is dwelling inside of us, is the key to you and I keeping our mental headspace right in these crazy moments that we're in. And see, this is kind of what's got me concerned because we are living in times where mental health is becoming a, a big discussion uh, item for so many people because people are facing mental challenges like never before. Divorces are on the rise like never before. Suicides are on the rise like never before. 
I mean, I think it was Tammy talked last uh, Sunday night in, in our her ministry night how the calls to the suicide lines has jumped up by 800%. We are in, living in a time where people are living under much stress and much anxiety. That's why we got to learn some things. So my, my intention today is to empower you and I to live a prosperous, a successful, and a peaceful life. Everybody ready to go? Let me give you just two quick, simple thoughts. I'm going to jump right in here to what the Lord has been stirring in my heart. Number one is this. It's all about position. It's all about position. Come on, say it's about my position. Oh, come on. You guys got to help me out better than that. All right. Come on. I, I, I'm not a kind of preacher that just, I want, that I want to do all the talking. I need some response. I need to know at least you're alive and breathing out there. All right. Okay. Come on. Everybody say this with me. Say it's all about my position. Oh, man, that's, that, that, that really helps me out. I'll preach better if y'all respond good, okay? It's all about our, our position. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about contentment. Contentment, how contentment is really the key to being a thankful and a gracious person in life. And contentment, it's there in your notes. Contentment defined as satisfied to the point where I'm not disturbed or, or I'm disquieted. And I'm convinced that we're living in times where so many people are living a discontented life. They're allowing the uneasiness, the anxiety, the fear to, to, to stir their hearts in a bad way. Listen, we can be God-fearing, God-believing Christians and still be content. We can still be believing God and in the waiting time that's in between, we can still learn to be contented. It's not that we're not believing God, but we can still live in contentment because of this, it's all about our contentment. And our contentment is dependent upon our position that we have in Jesus Christ. Let's think, think about position for just a few moments. Think about position. We are all in a position right now physically, are we not? Those of you that are in the sanctuary, you know, all of us, you know, a few hundred people, we, we have our own purpose, our own destiny, our own lives that we're living. But for this hour and 20 minutes, our paths have intersected for just a few moments and we are all at the same place, Right. I'm talking about here, but it's here, uh, you know, in the sanctuary right now. We are all physically in the same position. We're all in the sanctuary, are we not? Now, we think about, okay, we're spiritual beings, are we not? We, are, we, have, we, are, we, we have a spirit, we have a soul, and, and we live in this body. So think about our position, not just physically, but think about our position now spiritually. So spiritually speaking, what is our position? Okay. Now, let, let me just give you a little background. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 says that we are all translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Does anybody remember your before Christ days, your BC days? Not your bathroom commode, your, your, your BC days, before Christ. Come on. Uh, Anybody remember your life? How it was like? Anybody? Any of y'all were, were you were champion sinners? I mean, you won a gold medal in sinning. Anybody? I mean, you is that bad? Okay, I got a few back here. You know what I'm saying? So, in other words, every one of us, we came from, we, we originated in the kingdom of darkness. But whenever we recognized that we needed Jesus in our life, we opened our heart and surrendered our life to Jesus. Then the scripture says we're translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. So spiritually, your condition, your position has changed, all right? How many of y'all know Jesus today and you're proud of that? Anybody? You are in the kingdom. That is your spiritual position. Your position today is not based upon who you used to be. 
Come on, this is a whole other message. I don't have time to go into it, but you're not just a sinner saved by grace. You are a son of God that maybe used to sin. Amen? Your position, your position. Come on, we're sons and daughters in this place. We're not losers. Come on, we're not messed up. Come on, we're not second rate. Come on, we're we're children of God. Uh, I I was sharing with the first service, we've lost our identity in so many realms, and this is a big key to me, is we've got to understand your position spiritually is in Christ, man, you're okay. Come on, our life in Jesus, we're perfect. Now we come back to the soulish realm, though, how much of Jesus is living inside of us. So physically, we're all in the same position. Spiritually, if you know Jesus, come on, there's an alignment there that we are the sons and daughters of God. But let me ask you this, where's your mental position? In other words, in today's vernacular, you hear it said, where's your headspace at? Where's your thinking at? Because we've all, I'm sure, realized and been in those moments of our life, you know, hey, spiritually, I'm good, but mentally, man, I'm having some struggles. I'm having some struggles. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's about your position. It's about the position. Now, here's the key factor to our lives. We have got to see it is in the soulish realm. It's in our mind and our will and emotions. That is, I like to say it this way. It's like the traffic control center, like at an airport traffic control. Our, our, our soulish realm is like the traffic control center of our life. And it is your soulish realm that you got all the stuff coming from God's side, the spirit side. But you also got all the stuff coming from the world. You got all the problems. You got all the issues. It's in your soulish realm that you align yourself with one of those two. Either the God side, the God nature, or the worldly side. And how many of you know, there's a lot of things messed up in our world right now. So, you know, the Lord just gave me this kind of picture in my mind earlier when I was talking about that. It's kind of like we're living in a pinball machine. You ever feel like that? Come on, how many of y'all remember the old pinball machines? Are those still around? I mean, back in my day, we had all these pinball machines. I mean, they'd shoot that big old ball out there and you'd hit that thing and ping, 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 ping. I mean, you'd shoot from one side of the thing to the other. You ever feel like a pinball machine, uh, uh, the, the ball in a pinball machine in life? Bam, 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 bam. Listen, you and I, we've got to get better at aligning our mental space, our head space with what God has called us to be. Amen. Come on, let me say it again. We're not losers. We're not messed up. We are children of God here today. Amen. Look at Ephesians chapter two, verse six with me right quick. Again, I'm talking about, it's about our position. What is your position? Now, I'm not talking necessarily physically. Now, physically, I'm glad you're here. Position. Those of you watching online, I'm glad you're tuned in online. Position. Position. All right. Spiritually, if you know Jesus, you're doing good. Come on. If you don't know Jesus, we want to introduce him to you here in just a few minutes, okay? Position. So the main, the most important part we can talk about about position is where you, where's your headspace at? What's going on up in that gray matter up there? Amen? I like what, uh, you know, Kevin said the other day, he came in, went to doctor's appointment, he said he was glad to find out the doctor said he had a heart. And I said, well, did you check your brain? Do you have a brain? So he said, I don't know. I'm going to have to go back and ask. But, you know, how's your headspace? Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> Ephesians chapter two, verse six. I want you to see this, just this little phrase here, this little one verse that Paul gives us. Ephesians chapter two, verse six says this, for he has raised us from the dead. Come on, how many of y'all used to be dead in the world, but you're alive in Christ now? Come on, that's all, a lot of us, amen. He raised us from the dead along with Christ. Now look at this. And he has seated us with him. Everybody say with him. He has seated us with him. 
You think about right now, everybody that's in sanctuary, we are together, we are with each other, are we not? We are with, we are together. We are seated with him where? Come on, in where? The heavenly realms. What realm, what, what, what in the position, spirit, soul, body, which one of those do you think he's talking about that we're seated with him in heavenly places? Is it the physical realm? No, because I, you know, I like Enid, but Enid's not heaven. Kind of close to it, right? No comments, please. Yeah. Now, spiritually speaking, this scripture tells us right here that we are seated together with Jesus Christ in heavenly places. Think about that for just a moment. In heavenly places. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think alarms have been going off the last year and a half up in heaven saying, COVID's here, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Oh, Come on, I don't know about you, but I believe that heaven's got it under control. Come on, I don't think all heaven's got the alarm bells going off thinking about the mandates going, you know, all this control. No, come on, I think heaven's got it under control. All the political division. I don't think heaven's in an uproar now. I think heaven's got it under control. So if we need to understand this, if we are seated together in heavenly places, we need to examine our position and maybe we need to change our perspective, our perspective of our position. In other words, maybe you're here today and you need a perspective shift. It's a matter of perspective. How do you use, what position are you more concerned about? Are you more concerned about the physical position, the spiritual position, or the mental position? Now, let me just see if I can unpack that now that I said that and opened up that whole can. Because that's not my notes. I did not intend on saying that. If I know who I am in Christ, I don't have to work on my spiritual position. I, I can't make my spiritual position any better. I, I can't come to church enough to make my spiritual position any better. I can't give enough tithe. And I, can't, I can't double tithe. I can't give 20% to make my spiritual position any better. My spiritual position is good. It's always going to be okay. My physical position, can I work on that? Yeah. Evan keeps telling me over here, I need to lose some weight. I could work on my physical position. What about my mental position? I think we all need to work on that position. What are you going to align it with, the spiritual or the physical? I think this is what the Lord's speaking to us. If we will work on aligning our mental position with the spiritual position that God has given us, you're going to find some more victory. You're going to find more peace in your life. You're going to find more breakthroughs in your life. It's all about position. Here, uh, you know, back like 1st of October, uh, a bunch of us guys went down to the lead men's retreat. I had the incredible opportunity to fly in an airplane down there because of some meetings I had. And uh, we went right over Oklahoma City. Now, how many of y'all have ever seen the Devon Tower? The Devon Tower from the ground, do you have that picture there, Nick? That Devon Tower, that is the tallest building in Oklahoma City. Come on, we've probably all seen that, right? That building is 844 feet tall, 50 stories high. Yeah. Tammy and I showed you this with you a couple weeks ago. Tammy and I had our anniversary uh, down in Oklahoma City. We went and ate at the Vast, V-A-S-T, Vast restaurant that's on the 49th floor of the Devon Tower. They wanted to set me in the corner where you had windows on that side. And I was like, I, had, I ain't doing that, man. I mean, that is too high in the air. But it's amazing how tall and, and amazing how big and ominous that building really is. But you know what? 7,000 feet flying over it, let me show you what it looked like. 
This, this is the Devon Tower. Now, I know it's going to be hard to see here, but that little building right there, that's the Devon Tower. Let me get for this side over here. This side, this has been delivered from the diamond screen a couple of weeks ago. That's the Devon Tower. Notice the perspective shift. Exactly. Did the building size change? Absolutely. It's still 840 feet, 44 feet tall. But what changed? My perspective of what I viewed in that. Now, to me, this gives me a little bit more confidence that in my relationship with Jesus Christ, if Jesus Christ is seated in heavenly places, then if I really will align my mental capacities to the way God sees my life, I'm going to see my 844 feet problems with this perspective. Not the perspective of me standing before that thing thinking, oh my God, that is huge. Perspective shift. Do you need to shift that? What? It's all about your position. Amen. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell them it's all about your position. Amen. Y'all all right this morning? Is this helping anybody out today? John chapter 16, verse 33. Let me, let me start wrapping this thing up here. John chapter 16, verse 33. I love this passage of scripture. And this is really where I wanted to get to here. Right here, Jesus said here with his disciples, he says, these things I've spoken to you, that everybody say these next two words with me, in me. Come on, everybody say that. Say in me. In that in me you may have what? Peace. 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 Real quickly. This is not the type of peace that the world thinks of. Peace of the world is having everything in order in our life. Come on, parents, you ever find your moments with your kids like, I just need some peace. What are you saying? Kids, act right, do right, and everything's going to be good, right? <laughs> in that. But the peace that's in the world is not the same as the peace that God gives. See, the peace that's in the world, it's all based upon the circumstances around us. It's all based upon what's going on around us, what's swirling around us. And if everything is okay around us, then we feel the peace. That's the world's kind of peace. But God's peace is being calm in our heart and in our mind when the world around us may be falling apart. We Can we experience the peace of God even when things don't line up on the outside? Oh, yes, we can. In other words, having the peace of God in our hearts, being calm in our mind. When things aren't working out, maybe when the doctor's report comes in, maybe when the banker calls, maybe when whatever, maybe when your when your neighbors being being a nerd or a turd, you know what I'm saying, being upsetting you. Yeah, I'm hanging hanging around with Kevin too much lately. So anyway, <laughs> in other words, we can still be at peace in our mind, in our heart, in our mind, in, in the inside. I like to say it this way. I say it so many times. Life is not about what's happening to us. Life is about what what's happening inside of us. What's going on inside of you right now? How are you inside? Now, let me get back to this. So Jesus said, this is 1633 again of John. These things I've spoken to you that in me, you may have everybody say it with me again. Peace. In the world, you're going to have that word there, tribulation. It's the Greek word, thalipsis. Thalipsis means pressure. Come on. How many of us, how many of us have experienced the pressures of life? We all have. But Jesus goes on and says, but be of what? Good cheer, for I have overcome the world. The key to all this is those two little, two-letter words, in me. That's the key to it. In is a preposition. Anybody remember English? Anybody glad you don't have to go back and do English again all over again? Oh, thank you, Jesus. 
preposition. I, I, I'm glad English was simple when I was in school. You know, I remember my kids at school, they're talking about dangling participles and all. I'm like, what the heck is a dangling participle and all that? I still don't know what it is. I just, nouns, verbs, adjectives, adverbs, and prepositions. That's all I remember. In is a preposition. Anybody relate to my pain and agony? You know what I'm talking about? Grandkids come to me and help me out this. I'm going to send them to some of y'all that are really smart. So, In is a preposition. Listen to this. In, one of the meanings of the preposition in means to be a part of or a member of. To be a part of or a member of. I, I think about our church here. You know, some of y'all, you just kind of kicking the tires of World Harvest Church. Like, I don't know if I like this church or not. You're still checking it out. But some of y'all are like, man, I, this is my church. My church. Amen. And I always like to hang around with people when they start talking about the church because I've heard terminology like, like, well, you know, your church, da, 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 da. When it goes from your church to my church, that's when somebody has entered into relationship into that. Amen. So in, 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 in me, Jesus said, in me, you're going to have peace in me, in me, in me. Now, here's a thought real quickly here. In Jesus, we're going to have what? According to scripture. In Jesus, we'll have peace. In, being a part of, being a member of, in, in, right? So in the world, we're going to have what? Did the scripture say? We're going to have problems. Peace or problems? Peace or problems? Peace or problems? Which one are you in? Are you in Jesus? Are you in me? Listen, we've got to hold our position. Because the enemy, you can get excited, you can get stirred up like from a message like this. You can leave this place full of faith, but I can guarantee you life wants to, will probably happen. You got to hold your position. Hold your position. I've had to do it many times this week because I'm in this time, you know, of planning for 2022 of the church. And I, I am struggling right now, if I can just be really open and transparent with you guys, I am really struggling right now with taking a large vision and trying to put it into a limited financial budget. How do you take what's in our heart as ministry, the lies to touch, the things we can need to do, the, the positions we need to hire, how do I take that and put it into a limited uh, income? I mean, I wish in church life we could just spend all the money we wanted to and not have to worry about it. Anybody else? I mean, maybe you don't know what that's like, but. So there's been many times I've, I've had these moments, Kinsley addressed it there in that word that he had at the end of worship, that uh, I've had several moments this week of having to deal with anxiety and worry. Because I'm realizing we're entering into this time, things are still very challenging. And I'm thinking, how are we going to do some of this stuff? And if you've ever dealt with anxiety or worry, it's almost kind of like a wet blanket that gets thrown on you or, or you know what I'm saying something heavy comes up on you anybody experienced it before for me that's how it comes almost kind of like a wave I don't know if you've ever been in a wave pool and you kind of get hit this wave and I've had these moments where I felt anxiety kind of start gripping me like oh my gosh what are we going to do how are we going to do this we've got a lot to do and yet you know we've got this limited budget and and the, and this is why I think the Lord wanted me to share this message with you because for the last week and a half, I've been doing what I'm talking about right now. I've had to stop and say, you know what? No, my life is in Christ. I am in Christ. In other words, I am in relationship with Jesus Christ. 
And if I am in, in relationship with Jesus Christ, then my hope and my trust is not in the monetary system of this world. It's not in the people that, that give at World Harvest Church, but my hope and my trust is in Jesus Christ. Amen. That's where my trust is at. See, I'm learning a lot over the years of my life. I know I don't look that old, so thank you for those of you that thought that. Bless you for that. But if there's one thing that I've learned in the journey of my life is that, you know, there's, th th this is my second thought. I'm jumping around here, but I'm just going to flow with the Spirit of God here for a few moments. My second thought I want to leave you with is this. We've got to know our position. In other words, if it's all about position, then we've got to know our position. And this is what I know. That even in relationships, there's different levels of relationship, right? There's some of y'all in this room that you just, maybe this is your first or second time to World Harvest Church, and you're like, you see me up here, you know my name, you may have done some research on the internet, you, you don't know uh, a lot about me. So it's a casual acquaintance, a casual acquaintance. It's, it's like uh, in this room, there's some of y'all that look like, like, hey, you know, uh, I've recognized a face, but if you was to ask me at Walmart tomorrow, Hey, what's my name? I like, I have absolutely no idea. I'm sorry. I know your face though. I'm real good at faces, but I'm not real good with names. Anybody else with me? In other words, I've learned this. There's different levels of knowing someone. In fact, Paul said this in Philippians chapter three, verse 10. Philippians chapter three, verse 10, Paul said this. He said, I want to know Christ. Now that word there, know, it's a very broad English word. You know, there's just... Um, it's kind of like love. Love is a very broad stroke word in our English language, is it not? Come on, man. I, 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 I love barbecue. Anybody else with me here at World Harvest Church? Yeah. Come on. I love Ford trucks. I don't know. I'm kind of out. My, my truck's been in the shop for a week and a half, so Chevy's really sounding good right now. You know what I'm saying? I mean, well, I, I love, I, will you fill in the blank? You know, come on. I love OU Sooners or... Okay, that's the first service figure. I love it. You know what? I'm, we use this terminology love so flippantly. You know, I love my wife. Well, how can I put my love for my wife on the same value as my Ford truck, you know? That's not a good analogy. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. In other words, there's different levels. Well, when Paul says in that scripture there, we just read there, throw that back up there if you would, Nick. He said that I want to know there's different levels of knowing. This is, this is not just, see, to me, there's three basic levels. You could direct it out into more. There's really three basic levels of relationship. There's the acquaintance level, right? There's a lot of people that are acquainted with Jesus. They know of him. They know the Easter story. They know the Christmas story. But that's really about as far as it goes. They know the Bible. They can quote John 3, 16, there's a whole lot more verses in the Bible than John 3.16. Everybody knows John 3.16. I mean, they used to have it on the football games. John 3.16, there's always a guy holding that up at the end of the end. I don't know if he still does or not. You know what I'm saying? There's a difference between acquaintance. See, a lot of us are acquaintances. If I'm an acquaintance of yours, you really don't know what I really enjoy, what makes me tick, right? Now, other than standing in the pulpit, what I say. But there's... Another level, you know, back whenever Tame and I met at Oral Roberts, Uni, uh, Oral Roberts University back in 1987, I mean, there was that moment we were just acquaintances. I saw her across the room at the cafeteria. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's the most beautiful girl that I've ever seen. And, you know, light shone upon her and a voice came from heaven. This is your beloved wife whom you will be well pleased. No, that really did not happen. That's my <laughs> embellishment of the story, you know, but, you know, uh, uh, 
finally asked her out for a date, you know, and uh, she had never seen me. We talked on the phone. I'd seen her. I knew what she looked like. We talked on the phone. So I'll never forget when I show up there at her dorm to pick her up at Oral Roberts University. I'm sitting there in the lobby. She coming out of the hallway there to meet me. Now, she's never seen me. We'd only talked on the phone. This was the days before cell phones. You couldn't see the, you know, no Instagram pitch, pictures, no Facebook profile. I mean, it was like, that was, anybody remember those days, man? Wasn't life simpler back then? <laughs> but, you know, we were just acquaintances because she comes in. I step up there and introduce myself to her to go on this blind date. She's looking around the room looking for me, and there's this little guy sitting in front of her, and I... <laughs> She looks down at me and finally, and I said, hey, I'm Brad Mendenhall. And she kind of looks, just look at me and looks at me. And she says, oh, and, and I'll never forget for as long as I live, the first word she said to me face to face was this, how tall are you anyway? <laughs> I am not lying. First words to my face. How tall are you anyway? She had this vision of Brad being the six foot four, you know, blonde, muscular guy. And she got five foot seven brown hair and... Redneck from Oklahoma, man. That's her curse for the rest of her life. <laughs> we were just, it's just an acquaintance. You know, when I come off the stage, she's not gonna look at me and say, honey, how tall are you anyway? She knows good and well, five foot, seven and a half, and I'm gonna claim every inch of it, every, every, center, every millimeter, you know what I'm saying? But, but you know, there's acquaintances. Some people treat God that way, right? You know, and then there's a second level. You know, Tam and I, back to our, the, our store, we started dating after that. You know, dating, what, what, what's the key to dating? You, you see each other when it's convenient. Yeah. I was glad that when I called Tammy for a date, she didn't say, no, I got to stay home and wash my hair or, you know, I got to give the dog a bath, you know. There's a lot of people who are just dating God right now when it's convenient. Oh, uh, you know, uh, yeah, we'll go to church this Sunday, you know, but uh, in other words, they're, they're not in a daily relationship. Um. There's a real crude term that I've used in the past. I think one of the problems we have with a lot of people in church today is they're prostituting Jesus. In other words, they only come to Jesus when they need a fix. I gotta, I need, I'm desperate. I got to have a fix. God, give me Jesus. God, I got to have you. And then they have their fix with Jesus and they're right back out in the world with which they came out of. Is that nothing more than prostituting Jesus? But you think about the third level of relationships, it's intimacy. Intimacy, intimacy. That's where there's no walls. It's where there's a longing, there's a desire to be with each other all the time. And this is what Paul, Nick, if you'd put that scripture back up there. This is what Paul was saying in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, where he says, I want to know Christ. Not a casual acquaintance. Not in a dating relationship. But that word there, no, where Paul writes there, it is a Greek word that means a deep intimacy. Even the Apostle Paul, who wrote so much of the scriptures, who had so many incredible experiences with Jesus, he is still in the book of Philippians saying, I want to know Christ. Not just casually, not just be able to raise his hands at the right time or say the amens or write his chai check when it's supposed to, but I want to know Christ. There was a passion, a longing that he has, and that's what that word means to know, is to be connected with Jesus continually. Wherever our relationship was with Jesus, my challenge to us all is to go deeper. Go deeper. How do you go deeper with your relationship? Number one, you got to value it. 
Do you value the relationship with Jesus Christ? I remember back in the day when Tammy and I had all the kids at home and it's so chaotic all the time, we decided for us to stay married, we had to have a date night. So we made a, every Monday night was a date night. And we'd go out. But you know what I'd find myself doing? I'd go into that date night and phone would ding or something, I'd pull it out and, oh yeah, start responding. And I remember one time Tammy says, what are you doing? I said, oh, give me just a moment. I gotta take care of this. So and so, she's like, do you not value our time together? You had to pull that card, didn't you? You know, like, how did I show her value? Putting away the phone and putting some attention. Do you value Jesus in your life? Put some value on him. Number two, carve out some time in your day. I'm a firm believer you need time with Jesus every day. Not just to fix on Sunday. <laughs> every day. Amen. Another way I think that we can work on the relationship with Jesus, be grateful for your life. Be grateful for what you have. I am so convinced we as Americans, we are so stinking spoiled and we don't even know it. Man, be grateful. Are you thankful? Are you grateful? Amen. Amen. I want to close by reading some scripture. I believe in the scriptures. I want you to read along with me a familiar passage of scripture that we all need to have a greater revelation of. And it's Psalms chapter 91. If you'd like, you can read on the screen with me. I'm going to read it from the screen. Psalms 91, first one says this. Look at it with me. He who dwells in the what? Come on, it's about position. He who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Come on, that's about position. You got to be close to something to be in position, to be in a shadow. He said, and it goes on and says this, I will say of the Lord that he is my what? Refuge. Come on, say it with me. And my fortress, my God in him will I trust. It goes on and says this, verse three, surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. Come on, from that COVID thing, amen. Verse four, he shall cover you with his feathers. Come on, that's a protection. And under his wings, you shall take his, come on, help me out church, what? Refuge, his truth. Come on, that's the big question. I've been asking what's true anymore. His truth shall be your shield and your what? Buckler. Verse five, it goes on and says this, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night nor of the arrow that flies by day. Verse six, come on, keep saying it with me. Nor of the pestilence that walks in the darkness nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Verse seven goes on and says, a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Oh, I like this, amen. Verse eight, only with your I shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Verse nine goes on and says, because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high God, your dwelling place. Verse 10, no evil, oh, come on. Everybody say no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague, come on, COVID-19, anybody come near your dwelling place. Verse 11 goes on and says, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your what? All of your ways, verse 12, in their hands they shall bury you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone, verse 13. Come on, you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent, you shall trample where? Come on, underfoot, right there. Verse 14 goes on and says, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on 
Hi, there we see it again. Because he has what? Known my name. Come on, we're in Christ, aren't we? Verse 15, come on, two more verses to go. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Verse 16, oh, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Anybody believe that word today? Come on, if you do, stand to your feet with me here today. Come on, stand to your feet with me here today. Man, I tell you what, that's all about position. It's all about position right there. You see that? Know your position. What's your position? Anybody like me today, you want to go deeper with Jesus Christ? Come on, let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. Here a couple of weeks ago when Pastor Kinsley ministered, he, he uh, had the I Am scriptures that he passed out for everybody. And I just, that is a great way to remind us of our position because, again, the biggest battle that you face is right here in this headspace. It's right here in that gray matter up there. It's right there. That's the biggest battle that you face in life. But if you get this aligned with the spiritual realm, let me tell you, you're going to walk in victory. You're going to be an overcomer. You're going to walk in peace. And a good way to do that is reminding ourselves who we are in Christ. The I am scriptures. So we have made those I am scriptures available to you. For those of you, listen, if you don't have the church app, you need to get it. But right there on the very front page of the church app, it says the I am scriptures. I am statements right there. If you'll click on that, you'll get that document. If you're struggling in life right now, you need to read that several times through the day, morning and evening. Read the I am's in that. Because what it'll do, it'll help us get back into position. Back into position. You gotta be in the right position, amen? Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you so much for the word that I believe you spoke to us today. Lord, let this be a greater revelation for us all. Lord, as we enter into this week of thanksgiving, Lord, we are a grateful people. Thank you for being in our life. We value you. We thank you, Jesus. Lord, help us to be people that are not just giving of thanks just one month a year, one day a year, but help us to be people, Lord God, that are thanks living, living a life of thanks and gratitude because you're in our life. Lord, I pray over each one here today Lord, I know there's some that are here today. They're in some hard situations. Life is rough for them. Life has not been fair. Lord, I pray that as the challenge has gone forth here this morning, Lord God, that we align with the spiritual side, that spiritual position of seated in heavenly places. Let us take up on your perspective, not our perspective, that heavenly perspective. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Everybody, let's say this. Say, Lord, I want to live my life in you, in Christ. So, Lord, I take my position, and I will not be moved. I'll hold my ground. Even when things happen around me, they're trying to push me off, I hold my ground in my position with you. I am seated in heavenly places with you. And in you, Lord Jesus, I'll experience your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thanks again for listening. We hope that this message inspires, challenges, and fuels you up to take a real Jesus to a real world. If you'd like to connect with us in any way, please go to harvestenid.com slash connect. Or if you'd like to learn more about us as a church, please go and check us out at harvestina.com. 
We can't wait to share another message with you next week.